night's gathering. And we thank God because the Bible says unto him shall the gathering of his people be. Amen. It's nice to see your beautiful faces. It's nice to gather together in this fashion to give him praise. Amen. The Bible says, in fact, one of the charges that God gave um, Moses when he was asked to deliver the children of Israel was to say to Pharaoh, and let my people go that they may worship me. Amen. Amen. So the Israelites were not released to just do their own thing, but they were released to be people of God. They were released to be worshippers. Amen. Amen. So we're in the right place, and God is going to bless us beyond our wildest dream. Because the Bible says, as we behold his face, as in a glass, we are changed. Amen. Amen. Fellowship brings change. Amen. Amen. Fellowship brings transformation. Fellowship brings upliftment in Jesus' name. So we continue with the series on prayer. Before we do that, let's just pray. Father, we want to bless and thank you again. The Bible says that the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. And we pray that light will come, illumination will come, understanding will come, but most importantly, that change will come. The Bible says in all our getting, uh, we should get understanding, even though wisdom is the principal thing. So we pray for understanding and we pray for the will, O God. Because the Bible says it is your spirit that works in us, both to will and to do. Not only will we will, but also we will do, Father, of your good pleasure. We bless and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So prayer, and when we kicked off this about two weeks ago, we looked at the basic um, premise with regards to prayer. We looked at prayer in various ways. um, dimensions, and we narrowed it down to Christian prayer, amen? amen? And we looked at what people in the secular world think about prayer, but also what the Bible says about prayer, amen? amen. So let's just look at the definition as we pick up, amen, from where we left it last week, when we looked at prayer of thanksgiving, amen? amen. <laughs> my, my chief media engineer, amen? Praise God. Amen. <laughs> um, so prayer in Christianity is from the Latin word precari, amen? Amen. Which means to ask earnestly, Hmm. to beg, to entreat. It is an invocation of or or act that seeks to activate a rapport with an object of worship, amen? Amen. So it's a deliberate action to to connect to the supernatural um, through deliberate communication. Prayer is a conversation with God. Amen. The same way we have conversation with our friends and loved ones, that's the same way we pray. Amen. Amen. The, the intercourse of the soul with God, not in contemplation or medita- meditation, but in direct address to God. Amen. Prayer may be oral, mental, occasional, constant. It may be formal. Also, it can be informal. Amen. Amen. And we looked at some examples from the Bible. So it includes Exodus 32, 11, for instance, where, where Moses beseeched the Lord. You know, 32, 11, it says, But Moses implored the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? I remember the story when Moses was interceding. Amen. Amen. So an intercessor is someone that stands in the gap. 
Amen. For someone. So someone that stands on your behalf is an intercessor or a mediator. That's why Jesus Christ is called our mediator. Amen. Because Jesus Christ died for our sins. Amen. For the sins that you and I have committed, Jesus Christ took that place. And as a result of his death, we are redeemed. Amen. So Moses here was interceding for the people. And that is the place of leadership. That is why it's good for us to find a covering. Amen. As Christian, you find somewhere you worship somewhere you're attached to. So when you need that prayer support, when you need that encouragement, you can always run to somewhere. Amen? Amen. You can seek that source. And that was exactly what Moses was doing here. So Moses was standing in the gap on behalf of the people. Even though the people had sinned against God, Moses said, no, God, have mercy. Amen. Amen. And Moses was praying for them. And God said, Moses, move out of the way. Let me destroy them. He said, out of you, I'll raise another generation. Moses said, no, 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 God. He said, do not do it. He said, if you do it, the unbelievers, the Gentiles out there will say, ah. So he brought them out to the wilderness to destroy them. Moses was a very kind man. Amen. Amen. So, so, so we see there. That's why the Bible says there was no one as meek as Moses. Amen. Amen. You see, leadership is a high calling, you know. And it's not something we just do out of impulse. It's something we have to do out of brokenness. Amen. Amen. You know, if it's... Other leaders will say, ah, yes, God, destroy and, and raise from me. But Moses said, no, 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 no. Even though the people had sinned against Moses, Moses Amen. interceded for them. He said, no, God, do not do anything. Amen. Amen. And that is true leadership. Amen. And that is the heart that Jesus had. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen. Amen. In First Samuel, we see the pouring out of the soul before God. 1 Samuel 1, 15. The Bible says, but Hannah answered. It says, no, my Lord. I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine or strong drink. I have been pouring out my soul before God. Amen. Amen. We know the story of Anna and, and Penina. When Penina was always taunting Anna because she had children and Hannah had no children. And you and I have been there in situations and circumstances when sometimes... People hold things against us, amen, and make a mockery of our situation and circumstance. Maybe it's a business that is not prospering. Maybe it's a job, you're struggling in the career. Maybe it's your family, whatever. And people now stand on the platform and begin to use their breakthrough to taunt you, amen. amen. But we thank God. The Bible says that Anna said, you know what, I'm going to come to God. I'm going to take my situation to the Lord because he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which he asked. We can ask or think or imagine. Amen. Amen. She put her trust in God. And Anna began to pour her soul. She began to pour her soul. She began to empty her soul. Amen. Amen. And I urge you to take your prayer to God. Amen. Amen. Take your challenges to God. Amen. Amen. The Bible says she poured her soul. And when the prophet saw her, he said, ah, why are you acting as if you're drunk? He said, no, I'm not drunk. He said, I've been pouring my soul unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes we need to leave our friends and pour our souls to God. Amen? Amen. We get carried away sometimes with our friends and all that. But when you call upon the name of the Lord, the psalmist said, He's our refuge and He's our fortress. God is able, hallelujah, to do exceedingly above that which we can ask or think or even imagine. Then Second Chronicles, another good example, praying and crying this time to heaven. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I've been in the place of prayer where I'm crying before God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Crying before God. Crying before God. Crying before God. And the king here was in a desperate situation. King Hezekiah. He was in a desperate situation. This situation would have cost 
a total catastrophe in the nation. He knew nowhere else to turn to. And himself and the prophet Isaiah cried unto God. Hallelujah. Say, God, you need to change. You need to arise. Amen. God, you need to do something. The Bible says in verse 20, it said, Then Ezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, prayed because of this, and they cried to heaven. Say, God, intervene. Amen. Hallelujah. God, I need your hand in this situation. God, I need your justice in this situation. God, I need you to arise on my behalf. Hallelujah. And the Bible calls that God intervened. Hallelujah. Also, we say in the book of Job, seeking unto God and making supplication. Hallelujah. Making supplication. Making supplication. Job said in, in, in verses 5 to 7, it says, if you are... Of a pure and upright, if you are pure and upright, surely then he will rouse himself for you and restore to you your rightful place. Though your beginning was small, your latter days will greatly increase. And all that chapter we see a, 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 a supplication, hallelujah, a towing and throwing, a towing and throwing, a towing and throwing with God. And it crystallizes with that. So though your beginning was small, it says your latter days shall greatly Increase, hallelujah. Amen. Also, the drawing near to God in Psalm 30, um, 73, verse 28. It says, But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my refuge to tell of all your works. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, It is good to be near God. He says, But for me, David said, I don't know about you, but for me, it is good to be near God. I remember Joshua. Joshua said, as for me and my house, he says, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, as for me and my house. When the people were of two minds, they were saying yes today, saying no today. He said, you know what? You guys do your own thing. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the psalmist is saying something similar here. He says, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge and to tell of all his works. Hallelujah. Amen. But not only is God his refuge, but also he becomes an, a vessel of God's testimony. He said, I will be one that shares his glory. I will be one that testifies about his goodness. Hallelujah. Amen. I was talking to somebody. I said, the reason why it is important for us as Christians, you know, to lead an exemplary life is because when things now happen, when you now have that stage and that platform, and then I said, how did you achieve this? Amen. Amen. It now becomes an opportunity for us to say, you know what? It is the doing of the Lord. Amen. I was saying to a friend, he was having challenges at work, you know, and I told him, I said, don't get into politics. You know, he's very, he gets politically charged and start talking about things, you know, about, I said, no, no, no. I said, you're there to do a job. Amen. I said, you're there to do a job. I said, don't get into that. I said, if anything, allow your skill, allow your ability to speak for you. So when that platform comes, you say, you know what? It is God. Which God? Oh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Wow. Then your life becomes a testament. That's what we see with Joseph. That's what we see with Daniel. Amen. Amen. Daniel did not go about preaching to Nebuchadnezzar. He did not go about preaching to Pharaoh. Hallelujah. Amen. But no, his life was a life of excellence. Hallelujah. Amen. And as a result of that, God took the glory. And that's what the psalmist is saying here. He said, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my refuge to tell of all your works. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 3.14, we see the bound of knees. According to, to Paul, it says, for this reason, I'll bow my knees 
before the Father. Amen. Amen. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. So sometimes we prostrate in prayer. Sometimes we go on our knees. Hallelujah. Sometimes we stand. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how you do it. As long as you're sincere, God will answer you. Hallelujah. Amen. So when language is used, prayer may be in the form of a hymn. I said last week, I said some of the songs we sing are prayers themselves. That's why it's important that the songs that we sing are grounded on scriptures. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't just sing songs that are empty just for excitement. Hallelujah. That is, there's a place for that. Amen. There's a place for um, casual songs, you know, for, for our enjoyment. But in the place of worship, we sing songs that are powerful. Amen. Amen. Songs that reflect the gospel. Amen. Songs that reflect the Bible. So when we raise those songs, they become prayers. Mm. Hallelujah. Yes. And I give examples like shout to the Lord. All the earth let us sing. These are prayer songs. Amen. Amen. And as we lift them to God, even as you are singing in the kitchen, I was saying last week, you know, you, you are mixing that kinky, amen, mm -hmm. uh, or, or whatever, or that okra soup, or whatever, or that jerk chicken, hallelujah, in the kitchen, and you connect to God in prayer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and you begin to speak in tongues, and before you know what's happening, the whole food is cooked, but most importantly, the power of God has come down. Mm -hmm. And I shared a testimony about the Wesley brothers. That they, these brothers, they said, you know, they, 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 they said, what is the success of your ministry? They said, we owe it to our mother. They said, our mother was a praying woman. Glory to God. Amen. That she will put her head on the kitchen table, on the worktop, and she will be lost in prayer for hours. Kora Basika. Amen. Amen. No wonder she raised up champions like that. And I was saying, sometimes we don't even know what we have. Amen. Now that's why, that's why, that's why Peter told that man at the gate, he said, silver and gold I have not got. Amen. He says, I'm not going to give you money because I will give you what is worth more than money. Amen. Amen. The, the, the power of God, the anointing of God, the grace of God is worth more than money. And that's why Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom. Many times we are busy chasing money at the expense of the real thing. But when you connect with God, when you connect with that divine power, I tell you, things that were impossible will begin to be possible in your life. Amen. The Bible, the, 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 you know, history calls that that woman will pray. She will pray, she will pray, she will pray. Sometimes she will even fall asleep. The boys will wake up, mommy. Oh, amen. She will, she will be lost in the presence of God. You think those guys will exchange that woman for anything else? Apart from the fact that <laughs> she's their mother. Amen. Hmm. The power of prayer. Glory to God. Amen. The man at the beautiful gate. Peter said, silver and gold, I haven't got. But such as I have, it says, rise up in the name of Jesus. And that man rose up and the man was completely healed. I tell you, let us seek the right thing. Amen. Amen. Let us seek the power. Let us seek God. Amen. The Bible says our father that sees us in the closet will reward us in the open. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. In the book of Isaiah. It says, let the wicked forsake his ways and let the unrighteous his thoughts and let them draw unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. A formal credo statement. So a classic example is, I believe in God. You know, a creed. You know, the, the Catholics will say things like, Hail Mary and all that. That's a creed. It's a form of prayer to them. It's spontaneous utterance in the praying person. Amen. Amen. So it can be spontaneous, as I said earlier, and it could be formal, it could be corporate, it could be individual, 
But whatever you do, pray, my dear friends. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So let's look at some guidelines. We looked at some guidelines, guidelines to prayer last week. And we looked at Matthew 6, verses 5 and 8. We used that as our template. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus, said, he said, Master, teach us how to pray. And he said, pray in this fashion. Amen. Amen. So the first thing we need to realize is that whenever we pray, we should not be like the hypocrites. Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites. Amen. Amen. He says, for the love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corners. Amen. Amen. I remember one time when we used to do evangelism, me, Caddy, and um, Pastor Denisha, and um, your other sister, Zainab. Amen. And we went and we, we did leaflets around Thamesmith. And afterwards, I said, let's just hold our hands and pray. Amen. In the corner. And a brother came, and uh, we don't even, well, I, I call him a brother. And he challenged us. Why are you people praying in the open? The Bible says you should not pray in the open. You are hypocrites. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Amen. It was so interesting. You know, we just prayed. and We left. We were not showing off. All we're doing, we're just agreeing. Amen. <laughs> what the Bible is talking about here is people that like to show off. Amen. And, and in the context that Jesus is talking about there, in, in the, in, in, during Jesus' time, you had these Pharisees that would stand, you know, they wear the regalia, and they would stand openly and pray, amen, as if they are better than everyone else. And Jesus said, that is not what it's about, amen? Mm-hmm. Pray is a personal thing. He says, he says they stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corner. Their prayer are exhibitionary type prayer. I was talking about, you know, some people, when you call prayer meeting in, in church, they pray the most. But after that, they don't pray again. Amen. Mm-hmm. They, oh, their voices are loudest. They're taking charge everywhere and everything. But they have no personal time with God. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Because why prayer should be something that starts from the inside and explodes on the outside. Amen. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. It's good to pray together, but also we need to have a personal prayer time. Amen. Amen. It says so, so that they may be seen. So these people like to be seen. So they'll say, oh, that brother is a mighty intercessor. Oh, that sister, ah, she's a firebrand, amen. It says that's not what the issue is here, amen. It says the issue is one of sincerity. It says, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. It says, but whenever you pray, tell your neighbor whenever. That word whenever means it's something we ought to be doing, amen. It didn't say say you might pray. It says whenever, whenever, hallelujah, whenever. So it's meant to be something we do regularly. He said, but whenever you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Amen? He says, pray to your father who sees you in secret. And also, I raised a very interesting point. You know, I said it's not the, the platform for us to begin to challenge our neighbors. Mm. I know some Christians, they shout in the whole place. Amen. And then they, you know, they say, oh, don't mind them. These unbelievers, don't mind them. You know, we don't care about them. And they, they, you shout the whole place. I said, no, we need to be decent people. Amen. Amen. So in other words, when we pray, we pray quietly in our home. Amen. We, it, it's not about how loud we are. Amen. We have to be discreet and we have to be sensitive about our neighbors. Amen. Amen. It says whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So don't disturb your neighbors anymore. Glory to God. Pray to God fervently, but don't disturb them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. In verse 7 it says when you are praying. Amen. Amen. When again, when again, 
It says, when you are praying, it says, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Some people like to just say things, say lots of words, full of nice words. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about sincerity. Amen. Amen. It's coming to God knowing that he's able, hallelujah, and bringing that issue before God. Not by the many words we use, but by the potency of our prayer. It says to not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. It says for the thing that they will be heard because of their many words. Amen. It says to not be like them. It says for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Amen. Then it now went on to explain in verses 9 to 13 how we ought to pray. Then very interestingly, in 14 and 15, he says something really important. And I touched on this last week. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, amen. He says, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And this is one of the problems with prayers, or one of the issues with prayers, especially unanswered prayers. You know, because... Forgiveness is an integral part of our Christian faith. Amen. Amen. If you do not learn to forgive, you're not qualified to get a breakthrough in the place of prayer. Amen. Amen. This is the key to prayer. And why is this important? Because Jesus has paid the price for our sins. Amen. Amen. All the sins and all the evil that we've done, he has forgiven us. So how dare we not forgive our neighbors, regardless of what they do? Amen. Amen. If we hold on forgiveness, our prayers are wasted. Huh? It's as simple as that. If you hold on forgiveness against anyone, regardless of what they do, what the offense is, your prayers will not be answered. Jesus puts it there to crystallize it. He said, if you do not forgive, he said, forget it. Amen. Amen. So the place of prayer is also a place of reflection. Mm. When I pray, I open up to God. I begin to think, God, if there's anybody. And as God begins to put people in my mind, I begin to release them. Mm. I begin to release them. Mm. I begin, but I don't just release them. There. Even my action towards them mm. shows mm. that I release them. Amen. Amen. So it's not enough for us to just say, oh, I forgive them. Then when we see them, we're upset. You know, and that, that grudge is still there. That pain is still there and all that. No, 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 no. You let go. And Jesus used a parable to explain this. He said there was a man that owed his master money. He said, and the master went to meet him. He said, where is the money you owe him? He said, oh, master, I haven't got the money. Please forgive me. And the master said, okay, go. That same man now went to meet someone else that owed him money. And the Bible records that he, 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 he took that guy to and left him in custody and, 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 and allowed that guy to be tortured until that guy gave him his money. When the master heard about this, ah, he said, why did he do that? I've just forgiven him, even though he owed me so much. Why is he doing that to his brother? Amen. And the master took him and had him arrested and had him dealt with till he provided that money. So that principle is so important. So the same thing with the external story. When Jesus was talking to the disciples um, about um, prayer, about almsgiving and all that, in the New Testament, 
or, or, in fact, in the Old Testament, one of the things about, you know, the children of Israel in the Old Testament, especially in their dealing towards the poor, in their dealing towards um, um, aliens and foreigners, in their dealing towards the, the orphans and the widows and people that were less privileged within the society, which was marked in Jubilee, in, in the Jubilee uh, um, law, as it were, was the fact that God said something to them. He said, you people were slaves in Egypt. <laughs> he said, because you were slaves in Egypt, you ought to show that same compassion and affection towards the poor, towards the needy, towards the widows, towards the orphans. Hallelujah. Amen. Towards the foreigners. Amen. Amen. Because when you do that, you are reflecting my glory. Amen. Amen. So Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And as Christians, we need to understand it. Christians are meant to be the most compassionate people. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Because why? The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. Amen. Amen. We are the light of the world. Uh-huh. He says we are the city set upon the hill that cannot, that cannot be hidden. Amen. Amen. So our lives should bring glory to God. Amen. Our lives should be reflection of his power. Amen. Our lives should be reflection of his compassion. Amen. Our lives should be reflection of his glory. Amen. Amen. So as we forgive in the place of prayer, God forgives. He forgives us. He answers us. And he grants us our request. Amen. 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 We don't need another deliverance service. Yes. No, 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 no. no. Running from one prophetess to another, from one uh, uh, deliverance service to another. No, 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 no. What we need to do is evaluate our lives. Amen. Amen. Evaluate our lives. Release people. Some of us are holding on to hurts and pains for so long. In fact, scientists actually prove that unforgiveness curses terminal illness like cancer and all these other things. It's been proven scientifically. You know, we need to learn to let go. And let God, hallelujah. Amen. When you let go, regardless of what, the, I mean, what, what has that person done? Amen. Amen. That you have not done. And yet, God, or you're still doing, and God still forgives you. Amen. So there is nothing anybody will do that justifies us to hold anything against them. Amen. Amen. As you let go, you will see God begin to shine. His face upon you. Amen. Amen. And be gracious unto you. Amen. So let's go into prayer of praise, which is what we're looking at tonight. And as we use that, we'll round up the, this series on prayer. In First Chronicles 29, verses 10 to 13, we see a very interesting story of the life of the, the David. Amen. Amen. The King David. And, and David said something very powerful. When he had raised funds, so David called and raise funds for the building of the temple. Remember the story? David said, he said, he said I have a house to stay. He said, but, the, but, but God Almighty hasn't got anywhere to stay. He says, I want to build a temple. Hallelujah. He says, I want to build a temple for my God. And the prophet said, you know, you will not do it. He said, because there's so much blood in your hands. He says, however, your son Solomon will have that mandate to do it. Glory to God. Amen. And the Bible records that David, as a good father, began to raise the funds and provide the resources for the building of this temple. 
So David called the leaders and all the elders and everybody gave according to what they had. And the Bible records that they had more than enough. Hallelujah. Praise God. They had more than enough. People were moved, brought great and small. People, everybody gave towards the work of God. And David began to testify from verse 10. The Bible says, then David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And he said, he said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our ancestors of Israel. He says, forever and ever, yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heavens and all that is in earth is yours, and yours is the kingdom, O Lord. Hallelujah. Even though he was the king, he said, you know what, God. Yours is the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of us find position and we think the position is God. That position now becomes God. And that's why sometimes we pray so much. And God in his mercy knows that we're not ready for these things. Because he knows that sometimes these things that we're praying for, when we get them, sadly, it will destroy us. Amen. Amen. As we've seen many times in the Bible. But David understood. He said, even though I am king, yours is the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. I will not allow this kingdom to get into my head and I forget who I am or where I'm from. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, yours is the kingdom. Wasn't that the indictment that, that, uh, that the prophet um, had against Samuel, had against Saul? He said, when you were nothing in your eyes, the Lord made you king over Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, when you were nothing, it's all Saul. When Saul was misbehaving, Saul was now king. And Saul was flexing before he had arrived. Amen. The prophet told him, he said, when you were nothing in your eyes, he said, God made you king over Israel. Tell your neighbor, do not forget where you're from. Do not forget where you're from. Oh, my goodness. Do not forget where God has taken you from. Hallelujah. Sometimes as humans, we're so quick to forget. But remember. And that's why the Bible says, remember the Lord your God. For it is he that gives you the power to get wealth. Hallelujah. The process of remembering itself is powerful. Amen. When you begin to remember, when you begin to reflect, oh my goodness. The songwriter said, my soul looks down and wonder, how did I get over? Hallelujah. Amen. When we begin to reflect from where God took us from, our small beginning, our days of nothingness, when we didn't even think much of ourselves, when God intervened and began to bring us out, glory to God. It causes us to give him praise and worship. Hallelujah. And David was a man that was particularly good at that. He was a man that would reflect at his small beginnings. And he would remember that that same God that did it there is able to do it there. But most importantly, he gives God the praise. Hallelujah. It says, God, I give you praise because yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted above all. It says, riches and honor come from you. Not me. I've not done anything to acquire anything. God, it is you. Hallelujah. The Bible says promotions comes from, promotion comes from God. It doesn't come from the east. It doesn't come from the west. Promotion comes from God. It's God that puts one up and brings another one down. Hallelujah. It says riches and honor comes from you. And you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. It says, and now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. Hallelujah. So David gave God praise for the offering 
before the Lord. Hallelujah. For how the people gave and how the people respond. He gave him praise and he gave him worship. We have another example in Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2, of a prayer of praise. He says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving and let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Hallelujah. With songs of praise. Hallelujah. With songs of praise. Amen. Let us make a joyful noise with songs of praise. So when you praise, you exalt God. Hallelujah. When you praise, you lift his name. When you praise, you ascribe greatness to him. Hallelujah. When you praise, God gets, exci- God gets excited. Amen. Even in, 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 in the natural. Hallelujah. When you exalt someone on the throne. When you exalt someone in authority, amen, the person is moved to intervene on your behalf, let alone the God of the whole world. Hallelujah. The Bible records of the importunate widow, that the widow kept on going and going and going and going to this man, that by virtue of the man's position, the man would intervene and bring a breakthrough. In a situation. And the Bible records that this man, even though this man was evil, even though this man was unjust, that the man intervened and gave her what she required. How much more God? And Jesus rounded up that testimony saying, how much more God? If an evil, corrupt judge can intervene by virtue of the persistence, by virtue of the pressure, by virtue of this unrelenting pursuit that this woman was into. How much more God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is committed to your business. Amen. And he's able. Let's look at Luke um, 2 verses 27 to 35. Another example again of a prayer of praise. The life of Simeon. A very interesting character in the New Testament. The Bible records in verse 27. It says, guided by the spirits. Glory to God. It's so good to be guided by the Spirit, amen? I say to people when they're confused, I said, you know what? Seek God. Amen. Amen. Seek God. Hallelujah. When you are guided by the Spirit, it makes a lot of difference. Hallelujah. That's why Paul wrote, he said, said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen? When we are led by the Spirit... Even though the situation might be tough, hallelujah, you have encouragement. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Hallelujah. Why? Why? The only reason why David will fear no evil, because God was with him. Amen. Not because of anything else. He said, because you are with me. Even if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I know something will come out of it. Why? Because you are with me. We need to understand that all you need is God. Tell him all you need is God. Micah said, rejoice not over me, my enemy. For when I fall, I will arise. He says, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light. Hallelujah. Who is with you? You need to ask yourself. In any situation I find myself, in any situation or circumstance I find myself, ask God, God, where are you? I need to know. I need to know. Hallelujah. If you are with me, I know that this situation will not last. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't want to be with anyone else other than God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 
glory to God because I know when he's with me that things are all right. Amen? Amen. That things are all right. Is that on? Yeah. That things are all right. Amen. Hallelujah. I think you brought the wrong charger. Now things are all right. Amen? Amen. That things are all right when God is with us. Amen? Amen. Because he's faithful and he's able. So the Bible says in, 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 in Luke 2, 27 to 35, it says that a Simeon, now led by the Lord, came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in the arms and praised God, saying, Amen. What did he do? He praised God saying, amen. He praised God saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. He said, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the people. He says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Hallelujah. So as a backdrop, this was Jesus being taken to the temple to be dedicated. The same way Nathan was brought uh, before God, and the same way, amen, Ellie was brought before God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible records that as, as, as they went to the temple, this man just came from nowhere. Simeon, the Bible says, led by the Spirit of God. And he began to prophesy concerning the child Jesus. Amen. amen. It says, and the child's father and mother were amazed. At what was being said about him. He said, then Simeon blessed him and said to the mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword that will pierce your own soul too. Hallelujah. Amen. But the Bible records that he lifted the child and he began to praise God. Amen. Amen. We see another example in the, in the same uh, uh, book of Luke. Chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. And again, Mary offering praise to God. The Bible says from verse 46, it says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. He says, Surely for now on all generations will call me blessed. It says, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is for those who fear him. Hallelujah. Do you fear God? Hallelujah. If you fear God, the Bible says, his mercy is for you. Hallelujah. His mercy is for you. It says, from generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones, hallelujah, Amen. and lifted up the whole lowly, glory to God. Amen. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the riches away empty, sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our sisters, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What an awesome praise to God. Oh, hallelujah. How do you praise God? Do you praise God? Amen. How do you praise God? The songwriter said, when I remember his promises, 
I shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. How do you praise God? Do you believe that God deserves your praise? Amen? Amen. Do you think he is worthy of praise? Hallelujah. Amen. How do you praise God? Because the praises that we give to God determines where God will take you to. Hey, hallelujah. The praises that you give to God will determine where God will take you to. Because when we lift praises to God, the heavens begin to shake. Angels begin to descend and ascend. Hallelujah. Because God's eyes, the Bible says, runs to and fro to prove himself mighty on behalf of those whose hearts are upright with him. Hallelujah. So when we praise God, we are lifting up his name. But also we are saying, God, we are with you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are loyal to you. Your throne is forever. Your throne stands. Your kingdom stands. Your name is exalted. If nobody will praise you, I will praise you. Hallelujah. So our praises are important to God. Glory to God. Because it brings the glory of God. When the praises goes up, the blessings comes down. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the Lord commands his blessings. Even life forevermore. Praises are so important, my dear friends. Praises are so important. Thanksgiving is important. Petition is important. But praise, hallelujah, moves the hands of God to begin to bring a change in our situation, in our circumstances, hallelujah. We need to build an altar of praise in our lives, hallelujah. We need to build an altar of praise 